What is going on, everybody? You are back on another edition of the Coach's Corner. I am Justin Dupengeiser. I am joined by uh, my guy, Caleb James. We're fresh off of the NFL draft. Had a night to digest it, really, kind of a full day, kind of see what happened. Um, Caleb, what's going on, and uh, what were your initial thoughts from this draft? I don't know. I'm doing well right now. I hope everyone's doing fine on this beautiful Monday when we are recording this episode. NFL draft was this weekend. Um, I also believe your uh, team did a little bit of winning this weekend, got a big-time dub, so congratulations on that. Uh, my overall grade for the Chiefs draft, though, I'm going to give it a B. Very solid draft. Very solid. This could come back to be Brett Veach's most complete draft he's had in Kansas City thus far. You know, and there wasn't like there weren't like a bunch of picks that are going to blow people away. There were a bunch of picks of guys that are going to be solid contributing football players probably sooner than later. Yeah, first of all, thanks for the shout out. Appreciate that. We, uh, my team, finished off of our COVID season. We ended up playing in the spring because everything was all messed up here in New York. But we finished off the season Saturday with the championship, so that was always uh, exciting way to the end of the year. So appreciate that. But yeah, the draft is funny. We we didn't discuss grades or tell each other grades, but that's in my head. I was like, yeah, it's a B, and then you say that. So yeah, I'm totally right there with you. I don't know, like you said, if there's going to be any. Like, obviously, there's good good football players, but, like, you know, that standout guy like a Legereus Sneed, maybe it comes out of somewhere or whatever. But I, I feel like this draft, like you said, could be a, a very deep one. Um, let's start and kind of talk about these picks. And the first one being Nick Bolton. He came off the board at 58 for Kansas City. The the need was there, and it's funny. We, we were texting and talking about it, saying, man, Brett Veach didn't lie, did he? He talked about – O-line and linebacker being the need, and he went out and addressed the offensive line in free agency, and then he ended up taking it with his pick 63 after 58, another O-lineman. But then with the first pick there, they took took Nick Bullitt, not in Missouri, the linebacker. What uh, what are you thinking about that pick? Well, um, I recorded my other podcast I do about the Chiefs. Chiefs take the other night with my one of my friends who is a Mizzou grad, been to like every Mizzou football game the last four years. He's probably the biggest Nick Bolton supporter there is. I know he's been very excited about the pick, as I'm sure a lot of other people around here in the state of Missouri are, just because we've had the opportunity to watch Bolton play at such a high level for the last four seasons. And really, when you watch him on tape, it's hard to find a bunch of things to knock him on. He was probably one of the best middle linebackers in college football this year. His film versus Alabama, he pops off the film on a game in which Missouri's completely outmatched. You know, Alabama, they had three draft picks on their offensive line. They had two receivers go in the first round, a running back go in the first round, a quarterback go in the first round. They had all these guys go in the first round, and pretty much everyone from Mizzou looked out of place on the field except for Nick Bolton. And that was really one of his best games despite the score being so lopsided he's a classic Mike linebacker that's pretty much what he is I know I know that's not popular because they know we have Hitchens for at least one more season but Brett Veach and Spags seem to really value the Mike linebacker position if you remember one of the first moves Brett Veach made was to go get Hitchens when he came here and immediately Hitchens was a day one starter and captain Nick Bolton very similar type of guy to Hitchens you hear nothing but great rave reviews about him for people in the Mizzou program. You know, he's nothing but a leader. He's incredibly intelligent also. He's got a very high football IQ. It's going to be a good pick. 
His impact might not be seen the most in 2021, but after this season, it looks like he is going to be the heir apparent to be this new middle linebacker of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, for me, I wasn't huge on the pick. Um, just, just flat out, he was. He's somebody. I think he's a good football player, and that's maybe I should start there. I think he's a good football player, and I understand the need of it, and I get why they took him. Um, I just wish they would have went maybe like a more impactful position with their pick there at 58. Terrace Marshall was sitting there, the receiver, and I thought that might have been where they wanted to go, um, and they didn't. You know, they obviously took Nick Bull, and he, you know, I get that for sure. He, he is somebody, though, when you watch him on film, he is a solid football player. You pair him up with a Willie Gay Jr. who will hopefully be seeing the field more this year, and you're going to get two athletic linebackers, right? They can run side to side. They can make tackles. Pretty good in coverage. I thought Bolton was pretty solid in coverage. You know, he's not a huge guy either by any means. He's, you know, 5'11", 6 foot, 235 pounds. So he's not like a, a huge, huge overwhelming linebacker. He's a guy that's going to play with speed. He runs alleys really well. He sees the alleys, and once he sees it, he goes and he makes tackles, right? He goes and he freaking – he he hits, right? He's a, he's a thumper. He goes and hits people. So I, I don't hate the pick. I, w- I wasn't super ec- ecstatic about it, but I, I, I do think that there was a need and they, they made a solid pick, and he's going to be, you know – I think this year we're probably starting on almost every special teams that there is, and if not contributing in certain packages. So I don't, I don't hate it by any means. I, I think um, for, I was going to say, I think for this season for Bolton, I think we see him filling in as more of that Sam backer, the position that Damian Wilson filled a lot of. Do you think there's any chance now that they do have this revamped, you know, they're starting to revamp the linebacking core. Do you think there's any shot we see them play more of a base type defensive look this year where they might have Willie Gay as the uh, will backer than Hitchens at Mike and Bolton at Sam just to try to maximize the amount of reps they can give those guys? Because I've seen a lot of people just freaking out and they're going, well, we've drafted another linebacker who's going to play over Ben Neiman. I think that pick and the Willie Gay pick last year are pretty apparent. They don't want Neiman on the field more than he has to be. Where do you kind of stand on some of those issues right now, though? Oh, for sure. I think that 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 they like Veach mentioned linebacker was a priority, right? Like they don't want to have to put <laughs> Neiman on the field. I think that they understood Anthony Hitchens has his limitations. They wanted to get more athletic at linebacker, and they certainly did that with with Bolton and then obviously Gay the year before. So I definitely could see those guys both trying to get on the field, um, you know, in certain situations. And I, I think that if they did get into nickel situations and they could get either of those guys or both of those guys on the field, I think it would be a huge upgrade <laughs> to, to Kansas City's defense. I mean, you think about really what the weakest point of their defense has been the past couple of years and it's easily been linebacker, right? Like, and they've, they've been good enough where they've been able to kind of mask some of those deficiencies. But even you, you think about the Super Bowl, you know, obviously everybody talks about the offensive line, but in that game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ran a heavy personnel and they made their linebackers get on the field. Then they ran play action through the tight ends, like on 14 of the first down plays. Like they just murdered them on that situation. So they have, they knew they have to get more athletic linebackers. So again, I think that they're going to try to get them on the field. And I think that Bolton seems more play ready than Willie Gay did, right? Like he's got, he's had way more reps. He's had way more time. He actually played college football. Right. He played more than nine games, you know, or 
seen more than than that. So I think that he's definitely going to be coming. He's going to be he's going to be able to be somebody that could step on the field and, and play right away if they needed him to for sure. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you 100 percent on that. Do you remember when Spags first got to town? They actually tried to run some base four three looks, and it was just so bad because it was a combination of Hitchens just not being comfortable yet, and then. Darren Lee not being good at all and Reggie Ragland being slow and all that stuff. When they started playing the time defense is when Juan Thornhill started to come on and Daniel Sorensen was making it hard for people to take him off the field. And then of course, Teron Matthews. So, you know, Spags, they coach up to, they coach their team, to put the best players on the field, no matter what they have to be running. So that's going to be something I think they should take a look at as well. Heading into this season. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely, and it is funny you talk about <laughs> the linebackers when we when Spags first got there. But that's, I mean, that's they've been trying to replace that and fix that situation kind of since the <laughs> that Spags got here. And I think he does prioritize his his linebackers in that defense. Um, and you think all the way back to like an Antonio Pierce when he was with the Giants, right? You know, that's a guy that. He made a ton of tackles, and he was the he was the leader of that defense. He was the quarterback of that defense, but he was a little bit of an undersized, faster type linebacker too. So I think that Bolton will be a pretty good fit in this defense, and and we've seen it in the past for Spags, Spags type defenses. So definitely, pick sixty three. Um, talked about that second round, same thing. Five picks later. Chiefs go offensive line, and they they kind of complete the the offensive line revamp with center Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma, 6'5", 312 pounds. He was a part of that offensive line that won one O-line of the, of the year. Um, he he is a stout dude, right? He he's he's pretty good. I think I think he's he's got stuff to work on, but I think he was probably this first or second best center in the entire class. I'll say that. It's, uh, it's crazy. That dude has snapped a Heisman Trophy winners, and now he's going to be snapping to Patrick Mahomes in the NFL. If you remember, you know, he was there for the start. The, or his beginning of his career was kind of towards the end of Baker's time and then Kyler Murray. And now Spencer Rattler, who I think is going to be a pretty good quarterback at some point in his career. Creed, for me, was like, to me, he was my third best center, I and I had him pretty tied with Quinn Miners for third and fourth best center. I had Landon Dickerson, obviously, at number one. It's really hard to put him down. Dickerson goes high in the second round. Josh Myers was my number two. He goes one pick before Creed does, so I thought that was super interesting, the timing of the Josh Myers pick, because I watching film, I felt Myers was a slightly better fit to the Chiefs than Humphrey was. Now, it didn't pan out that way. The Packers got Myers, and the Chiefs went ahead and grabbed Humphrey there. The things Humphrey does really well, he's really good at back blocking, and he's a physical smart player. You know, he's not a tremendous athlete when it comes to zone blocking or things like that, but he's reliable, he's dependable, and he also does a pretty solid job in pass protection as well. And he is going to be a guy that he's played enough college football where he can step in right away. And I know everyone was saying Austin Blythe is going to be the new starter. And and I are sitting here looking at this contract and we're going, this guy's not even going to make a million dollars this year. We're like, they're not about to be paying him to be their starting center. It seems pretty obvious now they're they're going to try to make Creed the man. 
Blythe will probably be like a guy on the first day of training camp, but I bet by week one it's going to be Humphrey. Yeah, I think I think it's I think they're going to want Creed to be the guy um, almost from day one, and I think that the big thing with him too is, is you mentioned he has played a ton of football. He's kind of been the captain of that offensive line for years now. I told you that he was on the offensive line that one offensive line of the year, and that was with some um, really good football players, all four of which that graduated before him and actually got drafted, you know, too. So including, I, yeah, yeah, Zeus, big Zeus, right? Orlando Brown was with that on that offensive line with him. So, and I, I'm pretty sure didn't didn't wasn't the leak that Orlando Brown told the Chiefs to go get Creed. The, that, that was the leak. They said they were talking about potential guys they were going to bring in, and he told them to go get them. So that's always kind of fun. Yeah, it's it's always good when you get a testament from a, a former player and that, like, hey, this guy's a dog. Go get him, right? Um, I, I like him. He 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 is he's made a you know ton of call, calls at the line, so he, that's big. He's smart. He's going to be able to help Mahomes and all of the the pass pro and stuff like that. I think like you talked about, the best things that he does is like gap scheme stuff, right? Back blocking, using his positioning, his hips. I mean, they mentioned that he was a former wrestler about 37,000 times on the broadcast. So <laughs> we, we, we know that he's a wrestler and can use his hips and leverage and understands that. But I think, the, too, the nice thing about that is you think about kind of where Kansas City's run game started to, to go to towards the end of the year, and it was a lot more inside zone instead of wide zone. And I think that plays to Clyde's strengths, right? And then and then also the gap scheme stuff where you're running uh, duo and power and you're running counter and stuff like that. And I think that you think about the offensive line now, well, Orlando, Blount, Orlando Brown comes over from Baltimore who runs a ton of gap scheme stuff. you got Thune who played in the Patriots power offense. And now you get Creed who that his, his specialty is his back blocking and running power type gap scheme offenses so yeah. to me I think that's that's a nasty left tackle left guard center combination right there it's gonna be pretty dirty in there the Joe Tooney signing looks even bigger now though yeah. because they probably knew this might this has been the plan from the entire time they were gonna either probably have a rookie left tackle or a rookie center and they were gonna try to or maybe they were thinking they might have to have both before they were able to get Zeus in town but Joe Tooney, that signing looks huge right now. A couple of things I think Creed's going to need to work on. Uh, he's got to improve his pad level at times. He's kind of stiff at times. He can play too high. And that's going to be some things he has to work on. There's not a ton of like big time, great, you know, head up nose, zero technique, you know, big guys like that in the Big 12 he had to go against. That's going to be, he's going to have to get used to going against, you know, the 330 pound nose tackle you're going to see in the NFL. He's going to have to get used to going against guys like that. I think he's got enough power in his, he's got enough power to be able to do it. It's just going to be a technique thing, but he's probably going to come in and be the rookie. I would say could probably have the largest impact on the course of next season. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that we're going to see him um, play right away too. I really do. I think that they're going to want him to be the guy from the moment he steps in and, and really kind of grow with him and Mahomes because Mahomes is still so young. You think about, but that it, he'll be able to grow with Thuni there helping him out and potentially even you know Kyle Long. He's a veteran who's been in forever. If he's at right guard or whoever's at right guard, I think I think it will be Long honestly. But you have two veteran guys now on the left and the right side of him that can help him out with that. Um, next pick, pick, uh, 39 in round four. So 144 overall 
was an interesting one, and it was Joshua Kando from Florida State University, defensive end, edge rusher, six foot five, two hundred fifty eight pounds. We talked on the previous pods about his teammate um, that we we both kind of liked in the later rounds, and they ended up getting his teammate here. He's a guy kind of raw, right? And not by kind of, I mean super, super kind of raw, but like the athletic ability is is what you kind of get enamored with in the size. And I think that that's kind of what Kansas City was looking at when they took him here. They know he's going to be a de- developmental project, but I think that they know the upside if they end up hitting with him could be massive. It, it could be massive. I still think they might have overdrafted him by a round or two, though. I think he's still around at some point, you know, in the fifth, if they would have needed to go there. But, I mean, you take a look at this guy's athletic skill. He is built a lot like Tano Passigno, but he, you know, his measurables are much higher than Passigno's. His biggest thing, though, is he just doesn't have a lot of career production. He's just kind of a body out there on the field. You know, he's big and athletic. He doesn't really know what he's doing, though. He doesn't really – he doesn't have any kind of a, of a refined pass rush move. But, man, when you see this guy – when you see a defensive lineman, an edge rusher like this guy intercept a football and then run it back like 60 yards to the house, that's the kind of stuff that gets coaches and general managers fired up in their head because, you know, you have talent. He's not going to come in and be the day one starter. I think the Chiefs, you know, there's a possibility they still have something on the table with Melvin Ingram. They're just waiting on that. But it's looking like there's going to be some combination of Taco Charlton and Mike Dana to start the season at the opposite edge rusher of Frank Clark. And then they're going to try to get Kando in here. When you His athleticism, though, don't you think it should be able to propel him to learn how to do these things quicker? and also, a very underrated aspect of that is he is going to get to work with Brendan Daly, and Brendan Daly has done a great job of developing defensive linemen in his career. So this was definitely a win tomorrow, not a win today kind of pick for the Chiefs. It could be one that comes in to really play a big factor in the next couple of seasons, though, if they can get Kando to produce quite a bit. Yeah, he, he is definitely somebody that is a future guy for the future, right? He's not going to probably be productive right away. Um, I think that he he is somebody, you know, he was a former five-star recruit coming out of high school, right? So obviously everybody coming out kind of saw him and he never really ended up having that type of production at Florida State where um, you kind of wish that he would have, obviously. He, he, he played alongside of Janarius Robinson, like I was mentioned, and Robinson was, I think, kind of clearly the better of the two prospects who just more refined um, had a little bit more to to go to as far as pass rush moves. Um, but, again, you look at him as a prospect and as an athlete, and every NFL coach is probably thinking, yeah, I could probably work with that. You know, 6'6", 260, 34-and-a-half-inch arms. Like, he looks like a dude. Like, he's the guy that you want getting off of the bus first because everybody sees him and goes, holy shit, that dude is a freak show, right? Like, that's what you want in him. So, yeah, I mean, and I do think, right, as a GM, you trust your coaches to develop these guys. So, you know, Brennan Daly, he's, he's got now another another guy that I think, like I said, he probably not this year, but maybe, you know, year or two, massive upside if he ends up hitting. I also think that his size – gives him good versatility to where they could line him up on even some like sub packages 
on third down inside if they needed to. And I think his athleticism might be able to cause some problems for some interior linemen. So that'll be something else I think they need to, move, to keep an eye on as they move forward with Kano. But I remember mocking him back in January and in a draft, I actually wrote about it. And I think I went back and looked at it whenever before I was getting ready to start kind of looking at him a little bit. And I've really put the words I literally put were this guy is an athletic freak, but he has to learn what he's doing before he can be ex- successful in the NFL. So daily, those guys will have some work, but hopefully Chris Jones and the boys up front will get them right. Yeah, so then with the next pick, Kansas City, they, they went from a guy who lacked production in, in Joshua Kando to a guy who had a ton of production um, in Noah Gray, the tight end out of Duke, 6'4", 240 pounds. He team captain his, his last year, started nine games. He was a school's all-time leading receiver at tight end, played at the Senior Bowl. Um, super interesting prospect. He looks, you know, 6'4", 240 is a pretty decent size. And seeing him on film, he, he doesn't look that big, right? He looks, when you watch him play, he looks a lot uh, narrower, a lot thinner. Like, he's, he doesn't have a huge frame. Um, played a lot in the slot, right? Really got a lot of his production out of the slot. Played some in the fullback, played some in line. So he can do all three of those spots where he's coming out of the backfield. He's, he's lining up in line as a, as a blocker. Not a great blocker, but a willing one, right? He's a solid, solid blocker. He's a guy that I think that – um, you play him, he'll be a, a tight end, probably three or four for Kansas City. Um, you know, maybe push to get to that fullback spot, but a guy will play on all special teams. You know, his thing is he, he's got the production. He's got good hands. He, he catches everything, right? He just doesn't have that kind of big athleticism that you really hope and want for to be like a tight end two type guy. That's why I don't think he's probably more than anything like a tight end three. I think he's got really a good upside in the Chiefs system if they use him correctly. The reason I say that is when I've watched him like run some of his routes, his route running is really pretty good. I mean, it's more wide receiver-like than a tight end-like, which obviously for a team like the Chiefs with a guy like Travis Kelsey, you know, that's the kind of backup you need for him, though. But I'm just sitting here thinking like, how many chances that you remember last year during fall camp, everyone was just hyping and buzzing over Nick Kaiser and all that. And, you know, they wanted to give him the tight end two spot. They wanted to make him a part of the offense. They just couldn't do it. You know, he didn't play good enough. So they then he couldn't really block. Well, they had to go with Yelder. They couldn't really figure out anything with him. So then they go ahead and they bring back, they bring back Blake Bell, which I think they brought him back knowing there's going to be a little bit more of an emphasis on trying to be physical. Because Blake Bell is like probably one of the top three or four blocking tight ends in the NFL. When I say blocking, I mean he's literally in there only to block. He's an extra tackle most of the time in that regard. Yeah. There's a couple of routes Gray ran, though, where I kind of like his quickness and his agility. I think this was an Andy Reid pick because – Tight end, not the most valuable position for a football team. Andy Reid personally values tight ends. He's always had a good one, no matter where he's been as a head coach, whether that be Philadelphia or in Kansas City. So it'll be something interesting. I think, you know, I think Gray is going to be a tough guy for them to keep him off the roster. You know, you start talking, you know, maybe here in a few years, he could be up for cuts. There's just something about the way he plays when I watch him on film, and I think it's probably because I do like 
just the fundamental breaks he makes out of his routes and just having those sticky hands where he never drops anything. I think this could end up being one of the more underrated picks in the draft. I don't think he'll ever beat out Travis Kelsey. I don't I don't even think he's going to be even close to being the heir apparent to Kelsey. I think he does have a chance to be a solid contributing football player to this team, though. Yeah, he definitely is going to be. I think he comes in right away and he's better than Kaiser, right? I think he takes his job now, like this second. He's already ahead of him on the depth chart. So he's a way better route runner, has way better hands. So he is a guy that you can come in and and you want to, you know, if you do a multiple tight end set, you can put him in line to block. You put him in the slot and put Kelsey out there with him. So he does give a little bit of versatility in that sense. And he's got experience, like I said, coming out of the backfield as a fullback as well. So that, that is also a good thing for him. But, yeah, he'll definitely stick, and he'll definitely be a part of that three tight end rotation with Kelsey Bell and then and then him, I believe. So, um, Next pick here is they finally go wide receiver, which I thought that they would have done actually a little bit earlier. But it's Cornell Powell, who um, was picked 37 in round 5, 181 overall out of Clemson, 6 foot, 205 pounds. And you talk about, you know, guys who, who look the part. This dude is looks like he's chiseled out of freaking granite. He is put together at the wide receiver position. He is big. He's physical. He ran a, a sub 4.540. He was like a 4.47 guy at his pro day. Um, interesting enough, he, he's somebody that didn't have a lot of production for his first um, few years at Clemson. He didn't really have any production until – basically his last year where he had 53 catches for 882 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, he was a top 50 prospect coming, coming out of high school. So obviously that everybody kind of saw the talent there. It took him a little bit longer to develop that at Clemson. And obviously Clemson, you know, if you haven't been paying attention, they put out a few good receivers here the past few years. So he was kind of buried behind them. So, but I, I think he's a guy that, uh, I actually have an article coming out tomorrow morning that you're going to want to check out for sure uh, on him, um, kind of where he fits. Now, th- this offseason, Caleb, has been, oh, again, just every – it seems like every couple weeks it cycles around to McCole Hardman, Byron Pingle, what's going on with these guys. Where where does Powell fit into this, this mix in this re- wide receiver room? This is going to be a very interesting pick because this is boomer bust. But it's real, and I won't even say bust. It's what a fifth round draft pick. Yeah, you're either going to hit on it or you're not. It's not going to be the end of the world if Cornell Powell doesn't turn into anything. But man, he seems like he has all the characteristics of being a guy that was a late bloomer in college, and then you know his final couple of seasons they start to need him, and he does nothing but he goes out and shows out on a Clemson team that made the college football final four again. And then you go back out, you know, he obviously looks like he works hard to get a body that looks like that. And then, you know, and now he's going to have a coming into Kansas city, have a chance to compete at the wide receiver position. I, if I were Byron Pringle or Demarcus Robinson right now, I'd be knowing that my job is on the line come training camp. I know they re-signed Demarcus Robinson, I know every – and they brought back Pringle, and I know everyone is dying for Byron Pringle to get the field. But they actually drafted this guy over Pringle, who was an undrafted guy. They're going to be looking for Cornell Powell to start taking reps from those two guys at some point at that wide receiver two, at the wide receiver three position. 
Does he have the physical traits to come in? I believe he does. I think I think I saw he had a great RA, like a great raw athletic score, or whatever it is. He was tremendous. I mean, he's just a great athlete. The thing I like about him, he's kind of a competitor. They would they ran him on a lot of those what one on one isolation routes in the end zone. He's a bigger target for them. He does that well. I also kind of he's a pretty physical receiver also when you look at it, you know. So if the Chiefs are trying to get a guy that's going to be like, I'd, I'd say they're underneath guy, kind of in the Sammy Watkins role. Obviously not as explosive as Watkins is, but if they're trying to find a guy that can be a, just a solid possession guy and develop into, into being the second or third receiver, I mean Powell seems like he could be a great fit for that. Yeah, so that was kind of the question that my article talks about is where does he fit in? Is he the number two receiver or how does this work with Hardman and Pringle and um, all these guys? My answer kind of is is like right away is no, right? He's not the number two wide receiver in Kansas City. He's not going to get the first crack at it even. It's going to be McCole Hardman who's going to get the first crack at it. They traded up to get McCole Hardman. He's been in the system now two years. This is this is going to be a big year for Hardman, right? They're going to he's going to have to step up and kind of be that guy. Um, they also bought Demarcus Robinson back, right? Obviously, he's a guy that's been in the system. He has the trust of, uh, of Mahomes in, in the offense, and I think a lot of um, what gets kind of understated is is that in an Andy Reid offense, it takes wide receivers some time to develop. Like he has a very intricate and very deep playbook for wide receivers they have to know a lot of stuff so it's 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 good I think that he is uh, an older receiver coming out that has some experience and stuff um, to be able to learn this playbook and, and come in there but he's a guy that he's gonna play all four special teams again right away right he's a guy that you talk about his raw athletic score he's he was like nine point something nine two or something like that which is 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 very high um so he'll he'll be on all four specs, and then he'll compete. I think eventually to to be that two or three wide receiver spot. But I don't think right away he's going to be able to come in and step in and take over the job of Hardman or even even Pringle or or Robinson. I I think he's got more upside probably than Pringle or Robinson. But I mean he's kind of on par with those guys in, in my eyes overall. You know what I like about him though? Played with a pretty good quarterback in college. He kind of understands what it's like to have a guy that can throw it from any yeah. angle any time to any spot on the field so that's not going to hurt him at all no that's that yeah if you're going from what a, what a lucky guy you're going from trevor lawrence to, to patrick mahomes that's not a bad way to do it <laughs> living, he's living right yeah you ain't kidding jeepers hey by the um, way that was a great prediction you made justin or uh trevor lawrence going number one overall no one saw that coming hey when you're right you're right what can i say <laughs> um Last pick the Kansas City Chiefs made was, I think, probably your favorite pick. It's the pick that has really kind of gotten the most buzz for the Kansas City, not only from the Kansas City, you know, Chiefs Chiefs kingdom, but from kind of national recognition. Everybody's kind of talking about how this could end up being the steal of, of the draft for Kansas City, and that's Mr. Trey Smith, somebody who you, I know, love. So I'm going to let you take this one right away. Boy, let me tell you what. I'm at some friend's house on Saturday. I'd watch the first few rounds. I was content just to ride out the draft on my phone and spend some time with the boys. So I'm sitting here, and it's about what, 4 o'clock. Pull my phone out, and I just start looking at different things. I check our little Slack group chat from Arrowhead Live. People are going crazy. I get on Twitter, 
and I'm like, I'm getting messages from people I know and stuff. And I'm just like, what is going on? And it goes, oh, the Kansas City Chiefs select Trey Smith in the sixth round. And I just, I had to double take at that because I was absolutely stunned because Trey Smith, I had him graded out as my third best guard in this year's draft. I gave him a higher overall grade than I did Creed Humphrey. And he falls from being who I figured would be a borderline first or second round draft pick to the sixth round. Reason for that being is in 2018, this is well documented, well published now. You know, they talked about it with his interview on the Jeff Schwartz O-Line show. Everyone's known about this for a while. They discovered blood clots in his lungs. They got away. They found a way to figure it out or they got him some blood thinning medication that's helped him manage that now. The first couple of seasons or though, he dealt with that. I believe they said he only practiced one time all season, which is outrageous. That's probably something NFL teams aren't going to work, going to want to take a chance on. And this year with COVID especially, all these things going wrong for all these teams didn't allow them to get as close a medical evaluation as possible. I bring that up because how many times in the past have we seen the Chiefs just be really really conservative when taking guys based on their medical history pretty frequently, right? Oh, yeah. So they do that. But then they go out and they just take a gamble. It's a six-round draft pick, okay? It doesn't, if Trey Smith doesn't play a game in his NFL career, they're not going to have lost anything by that pick, you know? Because how many six-round picks have we seen come into Kansas City and they're gone a year later? Quite a few of them. But what this pick has given them the ability to do is they now have a guy that's going to be able to fill in. You know, God forbid he plays well enough to fill in this year because he definitely has the potential to play right now as a starter. I think they're going to be conservative with him, though. They're going to see what he can do, and they're going to play him behind Kyle Long or LDT, but they're going to have him ready to go because, you know, those guys are only on those one-year contracts, so they're going to be having him ready to go. The question I would pose to everyone who is still worried about his medical history is this. He just played an entire SEC football schedule his last season in 2020 during COVID, which is a virus that directly is known to affect people's lungs and upper body system. And also the fact that he was playing on blood thinner medication for two years of college is crazy also because with the kind of concussion you can get from that based on the medical side, you can do some real damage. I don't think if he wasn't confident in himself, I don't think he would be playing football. He is very special. He's the best pass protecting guard in this draft class. Well, maybe the second because Elijah Vera Tucker played left tackle that last this last year, so it's hard to knock him for that. But when you see him go out there, his hands are unreal physical. He is unreal levels and nasty. He plays the game just with, like, he's a dog. He plays the game just out there. I literally texted my friends this because they were wanting to know. why They go, well, Caleb, why do you like this guy so much? I go, he literally beats the shit out of people for 60 minutes. That's literally what he does. He takes nothing from no one, and he goes out there and just dominates and then he's, you know, a stand-up guy off the field. He won the College Football Man of the Year award off the field. It's, dude, it's hard not to get fired up over something like this because this could be the biggest steal of any pick in the draft if it pans out for the Chiefs. 
Yeah, I, I I'm right there with you. The dude is an absolute mauler. He he he's huge. He's six five, three hundred thirty pounds. He like you said, his hands they're they're basically like sledgehammers. He's just he just pops people, and I mean he puts people on the ground with just his punch. He he is a strong, big, physical guy that just wants to maul people for the entirety of the game. And like you said, he he's an asset to the community. You talked about winning basically the man of the year award for college. He also won the Jason Witten award for leadership on the field and community service. Like the dude is just like everything that you could ask for. He started in the sec from the time he was a, you know, a freshman. I mean, he's played at the highest level of college football and he's excelled at it. So to me in the sixth round, you're potentially getting a starter. Like he, he is somebody like you mentioned that could come in and he could start at right guard, you know, maybe not day one, but you get him in there with Andy Heck and some of these veterans and, and really be able to refine his play where he, he doesn't get loose on some of the plays and he understands how to harness some of that physicality, man, he, he could end up being the prize pick of this, this Kansas city chiefs draft class. And that is something to be fired up and, Maybe, you know, the Creed Humphrey was the solidifying the uh, the the round one, and maybe Trey Smith is just the cherry on top for everything, right? Creed was mm-hmm. the one that kind of finished the whole overhaul, and then Trey was just the cherry to to, to get it done. So. Do, you, do you think that – I did you see the video of, like, the Chiefs reaction to taking him? Do you think it was one of those situations where they, like, had it planned, you know, if he fell, they would take him? Or do you think it was one of those things where, like, Brad Veach said, we need to take this guy right now because this could be just this could be giant if we do get him. Yeah, I, I think that they um they probably saw him there and they're just like, dude, how did this happen? How did he fall in our laps? Let's go, let's go put this guy's name on the on the card and get it in as fast as we can because man, what a what a like I said, what a steal this could end up being. Did you that see what he crazy. did you see what Trey tweeted right after he got picked though? He said, I'm never gonna forget this. Or yeah. something along those lines that he's not gonna forget that they took him in the sixth round of the draft. Yeah. Which is so wild to me because I understand the blood clots in his lungs are serious, but the dude has been basically healthy for over a year now. He's had no signs of it. They've got him right. the best doctors possible. This is also a guy you want to succeed. You know, I remember seeing and reading and watching that special with Schwartz, but his mother passed away when he was an early teenager. So he's had a lot of really tough breaks in his life. But doesn't it just feel like it was meant to be? The Chiefs got a guy who could potentially be the best pass protecting interior offensive lineman in this class, right with this stage of their team. It's like the football gods aligned everything up perfectly with this pick, it feels like. It really kind of does, to be honest with you. It's crazy. It's crazy. I, I, I love it. I think it's huge. Um, I think, like we kind of said before, just a solid draft overall, right? I think that they got solid contributors everywhere. Um, before we get out of here, after the draft, obviously, there's still time now with veterans where there's going to be some people signing. What do you think that after the draft, after they've – draft all these guys, where do you think that you could see them bring in some veteran guys um, potentially just to add to this roster? Well, I assume we're very close to uh, Rashad Breland being a Kansas City Chief again. We've got to be right there. It's got to be within a week or so because they didn't didn't touch the cornerback. They didn't touch the secondary at all. That kind of surprised me just a little bit, not too Mm -hmm. much though, but I think they're going to look to bring in a couple of solid secondary guys. And then 
you know what, if Melvin Ingram's on board and money's on board and the contract's on board, go let's go pay Melvin. Let's go yeah. get another pass rusher. Right. Like we talked about Kando, who, who who's probably maybe a year or so two away. Go get Melvin Ingram, sign him, let him be the pass rusher for this year. Let Kando learn from him. And then I agree. But Breland, I'm pretty sure, was on his Instagram the other day wearing all Kansas City gear. So I, I think that that's uh, just this, the, I don't know. It's like the ex that you always go back to or something. Right? They have a weird relationship. Brett Beach <laughs> and Breland have an bizarre. odd relationship. I think, you know who I think is the big key in Breland always coming back? I think his buddy, the Honey Badger, probably does some talking to him. He's like, hey, you're, you'd be messing up not to come back here. Which is true. Yeah. The best football he's ever played in his career has been with the Chiefs with Teron Matthews. So no that's doubt. always nice. No doubt about it. Yeah, why wouldn't you want to play? Like you said, yeah, Honey Badger Thornhill looks like he's coming back to full strength. You got a couple safeties back there that are uh, going to be able to be pretty good and have your back. And then you got Sneed who could play in the slot. And I don't know. I, it seems like a secondary I'd want to be a part of. Um, if yeah. I was... what, Any other uh, thoughts to close it out? Yeah, I was going to ask you what you thought about some of the quarterback movement in the first round of the draft. I think that the biggest mistake in the entire draft of anybody, and it wasn't the Raiders draft in Leatherwood when they did, which was probably overdrafted, right? It was the Denver Broncos not drafting Justin Fields at nine. Like, he fell in their lap, and they could have had their quarterback – and instead, they, you know, who knows, I guess, maybe the rumors are with Rodgers and post-June 1 and all this stuff. But even that, Rodgers is not a guaranteed thing. He's not in your building. You never know what's going to happen in the NFL. Um, to me, that was a huge mistake. They should have 100% drafted him and, and been ready to make him the quarterback of the future. He is better than Drew Locke by a million miles and – a really good football player, and I think that the Chicago Bears got an absolute steal when they went and got him. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I thought Lance was going to be the pick at three. It made sense to me, right, with the 49ers. I think that the athleticism and the upside there is just so huge with him. He, he's so young. He's, a, he's from every report, apparently an absolute genius on the board, like the smartest of all the quarterbacks. Like, he was incredible. So I think that that was a home run pick. And then, you know, Mac Jones obviously just sitting there and falling to the Patriots at pick 15. Belichick and Saban, you know, buddies and all that. So it's not shocking. I think that I think Jones will be the starter over Cam in, in that situation. I think he'll be perfect for that power type offense play action stuff. You know, the accuracy, it's, it's you don't want to talk about Brady and bring it up, but man, if there was ever a comp, like, yeah, you know, going to the Patriots, being the, being the accurate pocket quarterback, like, man, that's a, that's a pretty good one. So, you know, it was kind of interesting. Kellen Mond to Minnesota. Yeah. And I thought that was very interesting. Mond, he, dude, I think he could end up pushing cousins. Like he's got, I think potentially more upside than cousins does. So that that'll be interesting to see. Chiefs, Chiefs signed an undrafted quarterback, undrafted free agent quarterback, Shane Buchel or whatever his name is. Yeah. He uh he's not very good. I can <laughs> my my I think my comp for him in the in, in the uh the draft guy that we did was Colt McCoy. Like he's just kind of 
smaller, not super athletic, not a huge arm. Like he's kind of just okay. Those with okay anticipation, but I, I love the idea of of signing undrafted quarterbacks or drafting quarterbacks late every single year because if you develop guys, I mean, quarterbacks are so valuable that you can flip those guys for you know fourth, fifth picks, fourth round picks, and stuff every year. Absolutely, so. they're the currency of football. <laughs> exactly, for sure, for sure. But all right, man, why don't you tell everybody uh, what you've been working on and where they can find you, and we'll get out of here. All right, guys, you can find me on Twitter, as always, at CJ Scoobs. I had a, a big Creed Humphrey film review. I've got that out now. I am currently still working on my Nick Bolton article. I'll have that out soon, and I'm going to go ahead and do some more Trace Bill Smith. Dude, go ahead and do some more Trey Smith film. He's a guy who I wrote about back over this summer a little bit, so I'll probably incorporate some of that old stuff in here. But I got a lot of new stuff as well. His film is impressive to watch. My player comparison from him was uh, Kaleche Osimile, actually, if that makes you guys feel any better about that pick in the sixth round. I hope it all works out. And, of course, I'm going to probably – I'll probably either do Kando or Gray next, and I'll probably end on Cornell Powell. But I'm going to try to have all the guys that were drafted reviewed here at some point in the near future. As always, find me on Twitter at CJ Scoobs. Go check out all the film and stuff. I've been having a lot of fun with it, so I hope you guys are enjoying that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at jdiz1617. Like I said, I got my article coming out tomorrow on Cornell Powell, kind of where he fits in the, in this uh, offensive wide receiver battle. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought in a veteran there too, right? There's a couple guys still hanging around that would be, I think, decent little additions to like a D.D. Westbrook, who is a guy who has you know punt return ability as well. So like a guy like that who who is a pretty quick, pretty good route runner, good good value in the return game. I could see them bringing him in him in as well. But um yeah, check out that article and then uh, head over to Arrowhead Live. Make sure you're checking all that good stuff out. Make sure wherever you're listening, you're liking, subscribing, sharing it around with your friends. But we appreciate everybody being here, guys. The draft was a ton of fun. We we put a, a ton of work into it with the draft guide and stuff and it was cool to kind of see um, some of these guys that, that we, we rode up and where they went and, and, you know, Trey Smith landing on Kansas city, Caleb's kind of day one guy. I remember we talked about him way back when, so that was excited. That was exciting to see, but we appreciate everybody. We'll talk to you next time.